Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, with me is my co-host, Will. Say hello, dude. Happy Archer Day. Happy Archer Day, indeed. It is Archer. Archer is coming tonight. Uh, mm, phrasing. I'm very excited about Archer, in fact. Um, I feel like it's a little early to talk about Archer, but... Um, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't hold my load any longer. Mm, that's gotta get cut. Alright, so anyway, uh, <laughs> we're just sitting here enjoying our usual frosty beverages. How you doing? What are you drinking? Uh, well, actually, over dinner tonight, I had a very nice blue moon with an orange slice. And dinner was lovely. Dinner was lovely. I had a mm. nice chili with uh, some french fries. It was good. I feel like we're channeling bad feeling. I think they go to tacos every night before they or in the morning or afternoon, whenever they freaking record to. But um, we always get dinner before uh, before the show. It's nice. Yeah, so I had a nice blue moon, and uh, I'm coming down with a little bit of a cold. Yep. I had our first track meet yesterday. I'm a track coach. And, Indeed. And so I had that yesterday, and one of the... the Dog Garnet kids got me sick. Dog Garnet. That's some harsh I, words, dude. I know harsh words. Seriously, <laughs> you know. Maybe if we're on bad feeling, I could drop the F bomb yeah, or maybe, something. Maybe, but I mean. But no, know. so now I'm drinking. Some of us have some, standards. I'm drinking some Gatorade to get myself uh, rehydrated. Nice, dude. Um, yeah, at dinner I had Sculpin IPA, which I always get when we go there. Uh, but I got. Uh, oh, well, you also. Uh, you had Sculpin and you had. Uh, oh, Hop Stupid. Hop Stupid. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm feeling good. And then I also <laughs> got uh, Lagunitas Lucky 13 tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, I, you mentioned that you were going to be drinking that tonight. What is it? Well, I haven't. Um, they haven't had this at the store uh, locally, actually, ever. And it is Lucky Thirteen. I've had it before. It's a Mondo Large Red Ale, and it's eight point eight percent limited release. Quite lovely. Nice. I like it a lot. It's not. It's it's uh, not a hoppy mess like most of my stuff. Right. But, um, but it's definitely bitter and red. It's nice. I like it's cool. It. It's got a nice little bombshell on the uh, the label. Indeed. Well, Lagunitas. Yeah. Good point. So before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com, email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com, and of course, we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Twitter Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at I am Will Griggs. iTunes, Stitch Radio, Google Play. Uh, give us some positive ratings. Um, we haven't gotten any more positive ratings, but we have been getting more Facebook likes. Remember last yeah, week we were talking about that. We're getting more interaction on Facebook. It's nice. Uh, so maybe we'll post more stuff. So keep it coming, and we appreciate that, and we'll post more things. Yeah, I'm also I'm definitely getting a lot more, and uh, I'm just getting a, a, a good increase in interactions on Pinterest too. Good, awesome. Um, of course, we have the timestamps in the show notes for people who are not interested in Star Wars: The Old Republic. We have a little bit this week. Uh, we may talk about Chapter Eleven. Maybe we'll put it off to next week. Uh, but we do have. Uh, it's not going to be as long as long as last week. We had almost a two hour show last week. Uh, but yeah, we had that was to, a that was a beast. It was a beast. But the thing was, we had a lot of pop culture to cover. But um, we had to cover our con experience too. Yeah, so. we did. Um, so yeah, won't be as big, but let's get our other stuff out of the way and get going. So we have patreon.com slash usual podcast. Uh, we are going to do a drawing in a couple episodes, episode 60 for our patrons. So you have time. Um, if you'd like to become a patron and help us out, get us, get us to some of our milestones. Yeah. Don't forget uh, anybody who uh, becomes a patron Mm. and, or is already a patron will get a nice, uh, little, uh, code to the tops, uh, star Wars card trader app and you'll get a couple of free packs. We got to send that out. Actually, you just reminded me. We'll do that. I promise. At some point. Anyway, give us a buck or two an episode. Help us out. Um, it helps us with our Comic-Con expenses and, you know, server fees and all that kind of stuff. It's 
Uh, I love doing a free podcast. I love offering it for free, but yes. it is not free to run. No, it is not. <laughs> so, but it, it's all good. I appreciate all my patrons, all our patrons. And um, if you really want to support the show in a big way, uh, we will reward you with Pippi socks from my wife's shop, Pippi's Longstockings. And of course, uh, if if you do imbibe alcohol, I will send you some beer as well. And yeah, we call it the Going Ham Special. Indeed. Um, AudibleTrial.com slash usual podcast. Uh, get a 30-day free trial on us. Get a free audio book. I still don't know why more people don't do this. We actually got a couple. Um, I should try to pull the names, but we had a couple people uh, – recently subscribe because they realized that getting a free book is the best thing ever i know right and you know it's it'd be really interesting and we, we've got to talk to audible and see if we could find out what books they're getting for free that's a good point yeah. but i that might be just a yeah they're not gonna give us that but no it's a little bit of weird information but i mean it'd be kind of cool just to see see what our people are reading yeah, yeah exactly and i would suggest you know anything like you know game of thrones or mistborn something that's really long 30 40, 50 hours, because that's that's worth that that free book. Absolutely. Um, um, you've got a, bit, a new one coming out April 5th. I do. I'm very excited. Um, I did finish the Mistborn trilogy. Um, oh, my God. If you seriously use it for that 30, 30 plus hours of the first book was like 30 something hours. Definitely worth a, uh, a free token. But I um, I'm excited. My favorite author, fantasy author is Ari Salvatore. Yeah. He writes in the Forgotten Realms, uh, which is actually the, our campaign for D&D. Exactly. It takes place in that world. And um, he writes the Driss books, and he's on book 32, 33, somewhere in there. Um, he's Crazy. got a new, yeah, he's got a new uh, book coming out on April 5th called Maestro. I'm very nice. excited about that. And uh, those of you who've been listening for a while, you know the one that I've been pushing for the last couple months is Steve Barry's The 14th Colony, and mm-hmm. that officially also gets released on April 5th. Sweet. So next more books. week, more books. Perfect time to become an Audible person. AudibleTrial.com slash usual podcast. We also have Warby Parker and Gamefly. Plenty of ways to support the show. Check out our supporters page on our website. Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, shall we get to a Swotor? Swotor. Do you want to fight? I'm ready. You do not have to stand against me. Instead, I will share all of this with you. If you will only kneel. I didn't even do any hand motions there, and you were still shaking your head. I muted you, too, if you didn't notice. (laughs) So I was afraid. (laughs) You didn't do anything, and, of course, the time that I was all prepped. uh, I always forget that's our bumper for Swotor. I need to change it, because now I can't get that image out of my head. But none of you know what I'm talking (laughs) about. None of our listeners know what we're talking about, because this is an audio podcast, not a video podcast. Yes, we're lucky we're not on YouTube. Oh, my God. Thank goodness we don't do this live, either. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway. We'd have problems like Chuck and Brian, you know, (laughs) flubbing over intros and outros all the time. Dude, I sound flawless. (laughs) All right, moving on. Speaking of community, uh, Passionate Casual uh, Podcast, episode 16, came out this last week. And uh, it's called, I don't know, Fly Competitive. And um, (laughs) it it was cool because they had a guild on there that was strictly a uh, GSF guild. And they interviewed them. I thought that was really interesting and very unique. so definitely check out that podcast. Uh, those guys are great. We love JT and Jesse over there. So. We do. Absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, last week follow up, because we didn't actually follow up with our own guild about what happened at the prom, uh, so, <laughs> which sounds weird, weird and awkward. But anyway, uh, Harbinger Pubside prom video is up. I put a link to it in the show notes. It's great. You got to check it out. Uh, I really wish we had been there, but I mean, we're definitely conning. So yeah, you know, we had all, a good excuse. All of the passionately casual uh uh, social events that Jesse sets up are a lot of fun. Yeah. And and uh, who who is it? Uh, is it Zella that always hosts his uh, uh, his uh, strongholds? I think so. Yeah. And uh, dude, he is a master decorator. 
You know what was also really cool? Um, and this is kind of jumping the gun a little bit into Weekend Game because um, we did a wog run and we had some people from uh, the Utini Knights. And one of the uh, one of them uh, won Prom Queen. Oh, nice. Which I thought was pretty cool. And they joined us on our wog run, which was pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, we've been having some some nice guest groups come in, from, uh, especially from Australia, that have been joining us the last two rock walkers. Well, it's it's the Utini Knights and Utini Rage, because we've been doing those crossover uh, events with them right. um, as a guild. And I think that's really neat to have them appearing in our wog runs. And um, it's nice to get some new voices and familiar voices from other podcasts and stuff. It's yeah, cool. and we've also been getting a nice Welsh guy who's been joining our wog runs. Oh, yeah. I love that guy's accent. Uh, Blay, right? Blay? Yeah, Blay. Yeah, he's cool. Um, but it's uh, it's just awesome to think about, you know, you know, we're starting our, our wog runs at nine o'clock and, you know, or, it's like, it was like five in the morning yeah, or something five in the morning when he starts. It's like, <laughs> He's like, well, about to go to work or have some <laughs> breakfast or whatever. I I know, that was right? funny. Um, so also Jesse wrote a blog, uh, and put it up on Sotor network. So you definitely got to check it out. It's called new direction of Sotor and my own, uh, personal law. So she talks about, uh, her, what she experienced with star Wars galaxies. Right. Um, and why she's sticking with Swotor and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely a very interesting read. Definitely check it out. Um, and definitely support anything that goes up on Swotor Network for sure. You know, actually, I still remember the day you bought Star Wars Galaxy. Yeah. You were living in the Smurf house. I was. And, uh, and I came over, of course, to drink and that uh, computer was barely functional. I know. Seriously, your computer was like what's <laughs> running in your, in your school labs now. Right. Exactly. It's ridiculous. But yeah, you came over and you go, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you got to see what I bought. It's a Star Wars game, and it's like a sandbox, and you can do whatever you want. And I just was running through tattooing <laughs> and running. It was like endless sand. And running. It was a literal sand and Then box. I fall asleep because I drank too much. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, definitely check out that. Uh, so what did you do in game this week, dude? Um, I actually did not do much. Hmm. I mean, I did the wog run. Yep. Uh, which we uh, lost. Fun. We did Dread Palace this time. We did Dread Palace on the pub side. Yeah. Which was definitely a little interesting. I think we'll be more successful on the M side. I, I scheduled that same run for the M side this week, even though you can't be there. I scheduled it because um, I think we we're always seem to be more successful on the M side, even though we had yeah, some really well, good DPS on the Well, I side. know my, I mean, for me at least, um, and I'm a DPS, so... Yeah, I'm one of many. I mean, I know that almost all my gear is at least 208, most is 216, and a couple are 220. Yeah. On the pub side, my main is my smuggler, who's it's basically the same character. Um, I mean, not you know the same Class. mechanics. Yeah. Um, but most of the stuff is 192 to 196, right. and so it's just not as powerful. Right. Um. So yeah, man, I actually did more in game in the last couple of days than I had in a while, and it was nice to just kind of uh, sit down and play. Yeah, and I finished chapter eleven finally, uh, which we may talk about in our discussion topic. But we might put it off to next week, I think. Yeah, um, I, was, I was actually going to play a little bit last night when I got back from the track meet, but I fell asleep on my bed. Right. Uh, so I think maybe we'll talk about that next week, um, and I think that's good timing because uh, we have the next chapter coming out. Yes. Next week, and and uh, there's a trailer we didn't talk about actually that came up. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have already talked about it, so definitely check yeah, it's that a pretty out. Pretty good too. trailer. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with uh, with Valkorian and 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 uh, Mar. And those guys again. So. Yeah, it's, it's definitely cool that we're going to be seeing more from Marn and uh, Satil Sean. Especially since uh, those two are dead, so, you know, not Satil, but yeah, and, Mar's dead. And it's it's also awesome. I mean, it's always great to hear more from Darren DePaul. Oh, yeah. And speaking of, before I forget, uh, he put a tweet up uh, today uh, that said he just recorded with Ewan McGregor. Really? And 
he was like saying he was a really nice guy, that kind of thing. And he's all secret project to be revealed soon or something like that. So uh, that, could they be recording something for episode eight? I don't know. And that's why I threw it out now because I didn't want to forget. And also it can go in either this section or the next section because we're talking about Darren DePaul. So, wow. And so he was amped. And so I that think that was cool. cool. So I can't wait to find out what they're working on. So that's me cool. Um, I finally made my tank uh, uh, legacy set. So oh, nice. I I basically took the Imperial flight armor that yeah. you get, you know, that we got with GSF. Yeah. And like the covert ops thing or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. augmented it with with 208 augments and I put all of my set bonus pieces in there. Nice. And so now I have that armor set to go back and forth between my guardian and my and my uh assassin. Very so I'm stoked. Cool. So, and, you know, I only have two more set pieces to get. Nice. And I'm full up. Yeah, I started uh, going through what, what mods and stuff that I had. Um, I'm going to start decking, you know, all the um, the legacy gear that you get in the, the alliance drops, yeah. the alliance crates, basically all the old ops gear. I'm going to start just filling all that up with, you know, 216 totally stuff. Totally, So, shall we get to the news? News. Um, there was this weird thing. Okay, nice. There was this weird thing um, that came up. Uh, the the thread was called "Subscribers check your cartel coin ledgers. Bioware may be ripping you off." So they're not. But it, this is interesting though because it says since August of last year, an issue creeped into our granting system, which caused cartel coins to be granted every thirty three days instead of every thirty days as intended. So as the original post pointed out, if this issue went on for a long period of time, your monthly grant could be affected, and so we definitely did not want that to happen. As of right now, the only effect is that your grant may be delayed. With that in mind, we have a fix for this issue plan with next week's maintenance. After next week, your grant should continue forward 30 days apart as intended. So thanks for the issue, blah, blah. Essentially, people were like, well, they're just trying to you know make it so we don't get our cartel coins and blah, blah. But I mean, people find anything to get upset about, right? Right. And there was a brief follow-up to this. Uh, there was some people putting the thread that uh, we'll be compensated for cartel coins we missed receiving. Well, and how, how long has this been going on? Not that long. I think since August. Okay. And it well, says... It, basically, it would take 10 months yeah. for it to lose one month. Right. And we haven't gotten to that point right. yet. And it says no, one should have been, says, no one should have missed receiving any coins due to this issue. When you have 30 days of subscription time, you receive your mar- uh, monthly cartel coin grant in that 30 day window. That is still true. So, um, if somebody's miss, you know, check their ledger and they're missing coins, uh, definitely, you know, let them know. Contact, uh, customer service, which you should do anyway. Right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that's, we don't have a lot of news. And what I was hoping to report was that the eternal championship, eternal was, championship up? was up and I waited all week. Well, as you know, of, it was up. It was. And as of last night, uh, it wasn't up. And I was like, oh, darn, we're not going to have much story tour to talk about. And then it went up today. I and, know. You and, were all excited. Yeah. And they put the thread up saying, you know, the feedback thread. And they said how to get in there and all that stuff. And then they had a problem again. <laughs> and because they were supposed to actually put it up like Tuesday. Right. And then they said, okay, we're hoping. No, Monday. And then they said, <coughs> oh, we're hoping to get it up, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday. None of that happened. Uh, <laughs> And then today they said, oh, yeah, it's up. Here we go. And then the follow-up says, unfortunately, there were issues in the new build of PTS. They're aiming to release tomorrow, which was today. Um, We'll have updates then. So as of today, the public test server is now live with Eternal Championship. Are we making separate thread with directions on how to access it? Bodar's recruitment mission will still be unavailable, which we knew from before. Right. And it said, a crazy edge case was found that would allow a 
this was like a few hours ago, allow a player to access the new chapter on the PTS. Due to this, we're bringing the server down until we can crack the issue. I'm going to double check really quickly just to see if... Uh, I don't think they brought it back up. Yeah. And it says basically, thanks for your continued patience. So it's down again. This is the second time they've brought it up and put it back down. But Well, I'm glad they caught this early because, I mean, it, the last time something like this happened was with Zios and where people were able to right. get into the extended area. And that became a huge exploit exploit problem. It did. And granted, this is on the PTS, so not a major issue. But still, you don't want to have um, uh, time-release content having come out early yeah and my my concern too is that if anybody did get in there early um they're going to be posting spoilers on reddit exactly. and various other I mean, places it's the whole same so. point why we don't have to boat our uh, recruitment mission right have something left for when it's supposed to be released so do we want to talk about chapter 11 at all or we wait till next week um well i'm finished with it yeah me too um so should we just talk about it real quick yeah let's just talk just about it discussion quick. topic yeah um so i finished it last night uh jorgen had clothes on uh, yeah. Spoilers going forward for the next few minutes. He was, we'll put it in the show he was notes. actually holding his gun. Yeah, he he actually had a gun. <laughs> Freaking one shotted that thing. Oh, that was badass. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think overall? Uh, the mission overall. I think it was it was very Havoc Squad, mm-hmm. which you kind of have to expect. Yeah. Um Now, I'm, who did you? What tune did you play? And are they light side or dark side? Because I'm curious. It was dark side. I, I ran with my okay. sniper. Okay. Okay. And uh and I enjoyed it. I'm I'm looking forward to running it again with my trooper to see, yeah, what, see the the, what the actual reaction is. I don't think I would I mean the only other tune that I would have that it would actually play much differently possibly would be my dark side Sith warrior. Okay. Just because he's, you know, ultimate evil and um like my assassin. Exactly. And so it would just be interesting to see how Jorgen reacts to that. Well, I can tell you. Oh, yeah. He's not going to like it. <laughs> not back in one bit. <laughs> well, and I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it. It did seem pretty short. And without any other side. Yeah, I played most of it in a couple hours. Yeah. And beside, besides any side missions, I spent actually the reason it only took it took me about that much time, too, was because I get distracted in this cool swamp. Because there's yeah. so many damn nodes. Yes. And so I was just harvesting a bunch of stuff. I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, because you're gotta... biochem. So, yeah, yeah you're no, bioanalysis. Uh, my, uh, my main is uh, um, uh, synth weaving. So I have archaeology. Oh. Yeah, so you're just all and, over the place. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm picking up stuff all over the place. So that was fun. Uh, so I got sidetracked. But overall, yeah. the, the, the quest was fine. It was just seemed a little short. Yeah, I thought my favorite thing about it was um, how almost as immediately as, it, as it's done – the uh, I think it was the Smuggler Alliance leader mm. comes up to you and says that Jorgen and the Military Alliance leader are starting to have like they're starting to team up and to keep an okay, eye on them. something. Yeah, it was like this weird thing, a weird letter you got or something. Oh, I didn't read any letters that said uh, that the the uh, you know the Smuggler woman she yeah. uh, um you know she basically says that. You know, Jorgen and the uh, and the military uh, general are yeah. making plans, and huh. I'm just wondering how that's going to impact story later on. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I I thought the end was a little weird, especially since Nico didn't say anything. Um, and you know, you have to go to the cantina, and then yeah. there was really no reason to go to the cantina except to sit there for a second. Nico sits down, he says nothing, and then you leave. Yeah, I think it was just basically to reset. Yeah, the- and, and it was fine. But, I mean, it was just kind of a little clunky, I thought. But um, overall, uh, it was weird for me. Like, I, my assassin would not do any of those things. My assassin wouldn't have. I mean, and, and I think that's where I I, I wish it, the, the story deviated a little more. Because when Eric's like, oh, we got to save these people. Why would my assassin care? 
No. Why would he? I mean, that's not our mission. Nope. And I said it repeatedly. And yep. he's like, well, this is what we're doing. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to. And so I wish that I could kind of take it a step further because I made every dark side decision just to see right. if that would and skew just make it. it where actually people do get sacrificed. And, and, and I ended up still saving people. And he's like, well, you, you know, I was like, yeah, I just, I was kind of bummed because I wish I could have made, you know, where those decisions matter. I wouldn't I think, have minded those people dying. No, I think the reason being is if you had let those people die, yeah. Jorgen would not join the alliance. And I think that's. Yeah, whatever. No, I agree. But I think that is a you need step too far that Bioware is not willing mm-hmm. to go story-wise because they don't want to. I mean, it's a problem that they got with the HK-51 thing. Right. They don't want to just have that card leave the deck. You know what I mean? Well, here's my thing. I think I'm hoping that because I made all those dark side decisions um, and Jorgen disapproved, right? Um, I'm hoping later in the story he decides to be like, you know what? Um, that's where we have a disagreement to where he leaves kind of like Koth did or something like right. that. Like, I mean, well, it's like, you know, cause you know, that's what I like about the, um, the different reactions they have. It's not just like approves or disapproves. It's like Jorgen will remember, remember this. that. Yeah. And I, and actually I watched those and most of them were he disapproved. So I'm, I don't know. It didn't feel like my choices mattered, um, as much as I was hoping, I mean, I'm not down the story. The story was fine. I just wish that, like, because my assassin doesn't give a crap about any of those people right. and had a very singular focus, I had to take this detour to help these people I didn't care about. Yeah, the the closest I've come to having um, a similar sort of experience is when we were recruiting the Firebrand mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Kaleo. And, and you're basically assi- and, assisting in arson and terrorism? Yeah, basically she wants to <laughs> arson and, and, and terrorize and, and kill people. Right. And I'm just like, no. And uh, with my sniper, because my sniper, although she has no problem doing stuff for money, it's, you know, her her yeah. own uh, choices. And so uh, the same sort of thing. I wish there was a little bit more right. of, like, just Cleo disapproves. And and this is just, you know, again, the story's been fine. And since I'm only doing it on the one tune, um, right? you know, I'd be interested to see. I'd probably feel better about it if I was on one of my, excuse me, one or two good side Yeah, I'm about... Too. I'm about um, – I'm, I'm finished through Chapter 11 with my Sniper, which is my main. I'm through Chapter 10 with my uh, Bounty Hunter. Um, but I'm my one uh, pub side that I've done is my Smuggler, and it's only through uh, – it's through the part of Chapter 5 where you're going up through that building fighting the uh, oh. the, the Sears yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I'd actually like to, to start on – I would never do the Alliance on one more than one tomb, but I'd like to run my – guardian through it only because that was my instant 60 and because i haven't finished any of the um companions on the pub side there so yeah one of the main reasons why i do the um i, I just i'm gonna end up doing the alliance on all uh tunes eventually because you're a crazy person no it's just because you know once you max out your your four alliance leaders at level 20 right you really don't get anything from the chest except for like the companion gifts and more right. gear um so it's basically just credits and companion gifts which are fine um oh i seriously am. but i'm doing it on multiple tunes so i get all those companion gifts because there's multiple tunes on multiple characters right right all right man well anything else about chapter 11 you want to talk about no that's it i mean overall i like the direction they're going i i still wish choices matter a little more but um, I'm interested to see, uh, what the next chapter and I, and I really, I'd like them. I'd like to see more companions coming in. Yeah. I'm definitely more interested. I mean, especially since we haven't had any old companions, uh, not new ones. Right. Uh, it, we haven't really had any announcement on, uh, who, if there's going to be any, uh, 
companions joining us with this whole Valkorian storyline coming up. Well, the next one's that new guy we talked about. Right. But with uh, um, Valkorian, especially since this is the first time we've really had a mano a mano with Valkorian since we've, you know, recruited his wife. Right. So I'm really curious how that's going to go. I think it'll be interesting. All right, man. So Star Wars? Star Wars. Pew, 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 pew. I was raised to do one thing. I've got nothing to fight for. Nothing will stand in our way. I will finish what you started. So yeah, here we are. Um, I, we don't have a ton of Star Wars news, nice face. Uh, but but I think what we have is pretty cool. Yeah, you know, the, the first thing you're going to bring up, go ahead and bring it up, because uh, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, we uh, a, an Ahsoka novel has been announced, and yeah, that was pretty much today. Yeah, it's it's really, I mean, this is coming from somebody who's, I, I've really never watched The Clone Wars. So basically, my main interaction with Ahsoka is through Rebels. And I'm a couple episodes behind in Rebels, and they have the season finale was last night, right? Right, right. And I'm guessing it's finally a confrontation because it has something to do with the the uh, Padawan or whatever it's called. Right. Um, it, I'm basically guessing it's Ahsoka and Invader finally meet up, and she. I hope so. I haven't watched it yet either. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm hoping um, because hopefully she doesn't get offed. Uh, I'm hoping not because. But I've I've been trying to avoid those spoilers. Excuse me. I would love if Ahsoka gets involved in in Rogue One. Yeah, that would be cool. And the book will be a. A tie between Rebels and Rogue One. Well, I have another story that kind of talks about Rogue One in a minute. Um, but the novel basically it says it'll be written by E.K. Johnston, and it's going to come out October 11th, which is just a couple months before the movie. <laughs> yeah, so it's perfect timing. Sorry. So uh, the announcement followed a truly game-changing season finale, Rebels, uh, that saw Ahsoka finally face off against the man who was once her, once her master. Oh, so, awesome. And um, I just I'm going to leave it at that because I don't I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I just love the way she holds her lightsabers. I know. It's great. It's all oh, it's awesome. It's so cool. Very Katana-like. Um, so we have, let's see, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, this is just like kind of a fluff piece, but it's inspiring new baby names. Did you see uh, Which is not unheard of. <laughs> I mean, how many babies were named Luke and Leia in the late, 80, late 70s? Well, I think that's really interesting. So it says, Star Wars always influenced popular culture ever since it debuted in 77. Uh, but it's it's had its uh, share of influence on many a baby name as well. Same can be said for the latest entry in Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, according to Baby Center, two names in particular have skyrocketed since the film's release. Kylo has taken the boys' list by storm, lifted by a whopping sixty-seven percent since twenty fifteen. That's insane. Wow. As for the girls, the name Ray, which is adorable. Actually, Ray was Ray was you know obvious, but yeah. I actually thought the boys' name would have been Finn. Oh yeah. That'd be good. Uh, it's, Kate, it's, Kate wanted, if we had a boy to meet our girl. Well, it's the Finn. Irish side of her coming out. Yeah, Fanula would be short for Fanula. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah, don't get me started. That's why that. <laughs> that's why neither of our kids are named Fanula. <laughs> uh, so anyway, oh, so Ray has taken up the charts quickly, overtaking more than uh, eleven thousand spots in the same time frame, wow. coming to an increase of eighty-two percent. So though Poe and Finn have not seen the same rise, other related names like Jedi and Rogue have. Possibly uh, in light of upcoming Rogue One spinoff film. So anyway, other names. Uh, so oh, this is interesting. Sadly, other names like Maz or Uncar have haven't taken hold either. 
Uh, but many, maybe they'll catch on in 2016. No, not so much. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, but <laughs> the last little bit here is funny. About that Kylo name, though, you guys know he's evil, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You know, I'm actually uh, would be interested to see what uh, the increase on uh, Daisy, Oscar, and John are. And I think I, that's... When I first saw that story, I kind of thought that's where they were going with it, too. Right. Like, they would incorporate the actual names of the actors, too. Um, I would actually like to see Daisy. Daisy, I imagine, would come up in geek culture, too, because that is uh, Quake's name. Oh, yeah. In in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm also curious what the increase on Ben. Oh, interesting. But that's a popular name anyway, though. Well, it is. Well, so, so is John. That's but, true. I mean, you still... I mean, when you get into the top 10 names like John and William and, right. and Matthew and stuff like that, um, you can still, I mean, if you see something jump from like seven to three, that's a huge increase. Yeah, that's true. True. All right, man. So the next thing, next thing we have here, uh, it says, <laughs> Adam Driver compares Ryan Johnson to JJ Abrams. So basically, Looper director Ryan Johnson has the rather inevitable job of following in the footsteps of J.J. Abrams. And this is from comicbook.com. Right. Cause he's, he's doing, uh, um, Rogue One, right? Or is it episode he's eight? He's doing episode, episode eight. eight, right? So he'll direct episode eight. Um, and basically, and there's one person who thinks Johnson, one of the most sought after directors in Hollywood for the last couple of years, is capable of the job. Uh, so basically, Adam Driver. Driver says. Because he does lens flares? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> they said their temperaments are different, comparing Johnson to Abrams, who Driver worked with The Force Awakens. I feel uh, like there were so many more moving parts, uh, pieces in the first one, just trying to solve it and set the vocabulary for what it was. There's a lot of anxiety as. Oh, that's a weird sentence. There's a lot of that anxiety is gone. That's weird. Because that's weird. Because <laughs> people have developed a language. I think it's more of a testament to Ryan coming into something very established and making it his own. Can't wait to get on set. Um, and he's very intelligent and approachable. So that's good. Uh, I'm. You know, this actually kind of reminds me of a couple of the panels we saw at uh, Silicon Valley, um, where it's more about writers. But, right. uh, but of course, Ryan's writing a two. I think. I think so. Um, is that uh, you know there was one about you know, creating your world, you know, world building, but also playing in another sandbox mm-hmm. of and coming in, especially coming in behind a director um, and, and jumping into what they have already established. Yeah. All right, man. So rebels news, speaking of rebels, uh, rogue one. And I put this under rebels news. Cause this is, this is interesting. It says a star Wars story writer, Gary Whitta writing more star Wars rebels. So if we talk, we haven't talked about this yet, right? Nope. Not yet. Um, so this says Gary Whitta, uh, has been keeping busy since writing Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The writer, who took on the duties of the screenplay for the first ever non-episodic standalone live-action movie in the Star Wars universe, no pressure there, Not al- at all. <laughs> also worked with Lucasfilm Animation Branch. In May, in May 2015, Witta tweeted that he was writing an episode of Star Wars Rebels while his daughter sat in his office wearing Rebels PJs, that's adorable, Nice. and watching the show. Today, he revealed he's back at it writing another episode of the series. Awesome. So cool. Uh, I'm guessing for the upcoming, uh, well, next year's uh, season three. That's that's my guess. Which totally. I am really hoping is going to be the one that ties it in with Rogue One because they're really they're really coming close together on the timeline now. Well, it's almost like you had a segue. Oh, seriously? My next story: <laughs> Star Wars Rebels season three will tie more closely to Rogue One and A New Hope. <laughs> I did not even see this article. I swear to God. Well done, sir. <laughs> so it says the final Rebels uh, recon after show of the Star Wars Rebels season two cast and crew talked about the momentous season finale and its huge consequences for the show. But Lucasfilm Star Wars story group Pablo Hidalgo and showrunner David Filoni, Dave Filoni, also gave some teases for season three. Um, so this is Hidalgo. He says, uh, who I met last year, which was cool. Over the course of this next season, we're going to start seeing more and more recognizable elements. We're going to see more of the rebellion 
that we recognize in episode four and in Rogue One taking shape in Rebels. Which we're already starting to see. Like we saw the, uh, the Leia episode this year, which right. you could totally see. I mean, granted, in, she's about 16 in this. So we're, we're yeah. still a couple years off of the, I mean, in this time frame. Or maybe 16, 17. Something like that. Yeah. So it's coming up really close. We've already seen Bail Organa. We've right. seen the droids. We've, they, they're already starting to lay the groundwork We've for seen Lando. We've seen. The Rebellion, yeah. Yep. Um, something big is going to happen, Filoni said vaguely, that I think people really, really want and I know I've wanted for a while. We figured out a way to do it. It's very important moment for Star Wars and a very important and very important for Star Wars fans. Filoni also said that he'll talk about that specifically at Star Wars Celebration in Europe in July. Nice. So I I can't wait to see what comes out of out of Celebration. So it's gonna be cool. Uh, merchandise. <laughs> uh oh! What are you laughing at? <laughs> ah, look at this. A life size BB-8. A life size BB-8 can be yours. So I don't, this story's weird. So it says R2D, I just put this in merchandise for fun, right. but it says R2D2 is getting a run for its money as fan favorite Star Wars droid, courtesy of BB-8 from Star Wars Episode 7. Um, you know, you can bring a life-size version of the little guy home with you. Created by Spin Master, makers of a plethora of remote-controlled Star Wars ships like Million Falcon, Speeder, Bike, TIE Vans, etc., a life-size BB-8 isn't just a replica. He can be fully controlled with either remote or via voice commands. While you speak to him, BB-8 will detect the source of the sound, turning to look before he's headed your way. Oh, wow. BB-8 also comes with two optional modes. The first is follow, which will enable BB-8 to accompany you wherever you go, just like the movies. There's also a sentry mode in which you'll have him stand still and monitor for movement. If he detects it, he'll sound an alarm. Oh, wow. This actually, it doesn't look, it's obviously not the size that it is in the movies, but it's big. Uh, but this reminds me, there's a student I have that actually has an R2-D2 that does these same things. Oh, wow. And he always brings it. Do we do the Spring Carnival, the Star Wars thing we right. do? He always brings it. And you can talk to it. It'll move around. Oh, it's I'm looking actually forward to that. really, really cool. So if it, if this does the same thing and it's and it's on the ball, we're, oh, that's amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, well, I mean, we when we went to, like, again, we went to SVCC. Right. Uh, they had the, the droid makers there. And so we got to see a whole bunch of different R2 units. But we actually saw like three or four BB-8 cosplay. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. 179 bucks. Oh really? Not bad. I was guessing uh, north of a grand. Nope. 179 bucks. Pretty good. Pretty good deal. It's a steal. Uh, well, I guess we're in our last section now. As you put your head on your mic. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm coming down with a bit of a cold, guys. We're almost done. Sort of. I can't imagine any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. I miss that show. I don't, I don't know how much longer I could hold that. Uh, yeah, I, I, wasn't, I, was, I wasn't looking at you. I didn't want to see what you were doing. All right, man. So uh, last week we talked about the Georgia governor deal. Yes. Right? Uh, they have decided <laughs> uh, veto. I'm all about the Georgia governor right Boom. now. Boom. So I'm so glad that happened. I didn't want to see a mess. I really didn't. Um, so if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, you can check out our last show. But basically, there was a discriminatory, bi- a discriminatory bill trying to pass through in Georgia. Yeah. That got vetoed. That actually, uh, Disney helped yes, get, Disney, get vetoed. Disney and Marvel. And hopefully it means that um, the, the fine people behind Archer will be able to stay in Georgia. Or if not, find another place. But, yeah, uh, not? you know, don't impact everyone else's lives because you've got to stick up your butt because you're lame um, lame. The, speaking of this i thought this was really kind of cool will smith is receiving mtv's generation award 
And I put this in here. Because we're old? Because we're old. And I remember one of my first cassettes that I bought was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Parents just don't understand. And I had, oh, I love that album. I used to watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then all of a sudden. It was a nightmare (laughs) on my street. (laughs) I love that song. And then all of a sudden he was a movie star. Oh, and, I know, right? Um, he did comedies. And then all of a sudden he was doing serious roles. And okay. then before he really got into the comedies, check out a movie called, I mean, and seriously, I mean, we all hear about Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon now. There's a great stage play and then a film was made called Six Degrees of Separation. Okay. And it's Will Smith. I've heard of that movie. And, uh, um, Stalker Channing and Donald Sutherland. Huh. And basically, Stalker Channing and Donald Sutherland are an older couple who have a, a son who's gone a, away to college or whatever. And um, Will Smith plays a guy who says that he's his friend and kind of insinuates himself into their life. And it's really kind of interesting. Yeah, definitely check that out. It's it's a really good movie. Uh, Will Smith is phenomenal in it. And, of course, Stalker Channing and Donald Sutherland are just great. I mean, he's done, I mean, I loved him in, um, you know, <laughs> Independence Day and Bad Boys. And I mean, and even his bad movies are usually pretty, oh, I mean, so good, I still, I mean, okay, I might get some flack for this, yeah. especially since I'm like the movie guy, but I, in, I I laugh at Wild Wild West, even though it's a bad movie. <laughs> I think I only saw that one time and it was I mean, bad, but Kenneth it was Branagh funny. with the spider legs and everything, yeah. it's just, but it, I, it's a I bad it movie. And then but we have Men in Black and Men we've got, Black is awesome. yeah, I think, I think this is a well-deserved thing um and now we've got him coming up in as deadshot in suicide squad yeah, I, I still need to see concussion and actually, i haven't seen this the, concussion the movie yet. that um uh, actually my mom who's hugely into movies too i mean mm-hmm. um she keeps suggesting i need to watch seven pounds you know i never saw which, that either which everyone i talked to has really actually good. seen it says it's phenomenal yeah. but it's just very depressing so yeah. so will smith fans will be happy to hear this uh he deserves it um he's done so much for our generation i mean we yeah. watched him i mean he was how old was he in fresh prince of bel-air you know oh, he was 19? Like 19 yeah i mean and, and you I mean, know how many people can remember the first time they heard summertime oh my god dude i mean oh, i forgot he had his whole singing career too it's, i mean outside of the rap in the beginning oh, it okay. was and i'll tell you something i you, i used to work at a music store what was his other big one i'll tell you in a minute because that's what oh, that's god, where i'm going here, here. Go. <laughs> i was working down in a music store in la in uh, well actually i was started off in seattle and then they transferred me to la and uh from 97 to 98 he had uh Big Willie style. That was it. Yeah. That yeah. Okay. Jiggy with it. Jiggy Miami. With it, yeah. <laughs> you know, all these big hits. Right? And the music videos, they were wonderful. Oh, exactly. But it was the first album ever that was in the top 10 for two straight Christmases. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And it was and it was such a big thing because he's known for not cursing in his rap music. Right. And and I like that about him. Uh, there was always fun music back then. Um, and I love his acting these days, well, especially with, um, what did I say? No, it's just I was catching myself i mean he's known for not cursing him but then they donned me back on the summertime album he actually had a song called you saw my blinker bitch oh yeah <laughs> well that's not so bad uh but what was the Her other in the dash <laughs> <laughs> what was the other the other movie uh happiness that movie. oh the pursuit of happiness pursuit, that was really good again a, a downer movie yeah and actually Jaden. that one was hard Jayden to was, watch yeah it was and Jane was actually good in it and now he's a crazy The person. last thing he was in that was good. <laughs> now he's seriously, I think something's wrong with his oh, children. Anyway, moving on. Um, we don't want to no. knock him down. He's getting an award. So let's get to some convention stuff. Uh, since this seems to be an ongoing segment with us this time of year. 
Um, well, let's uh, let's start off with our personal news yeah. today. So big news today. I finally got paid. Thank goodness. Um, so I was able to secure our hotels for San Diego Comic-Con. So I'm super stoked the about that. first time in our history, we are having our own hotel room. First time in con history. Party San Diego days in. I mean, <laughs> days in is going to be rocking. Um, anyway, I'm excited. Me too. Um, cheap, ho- cheap hotel off downtown, but... A hotel nonetheless bed shower bed shower Maybe exactly we more. <laughs> uh so we're excited about that um so a couple other things under the tents again there's a there's a link in the show notes that have some stuff from um i thought this was actually kind of cool um this is from stcc unofficial blog right and under the tents you know, that was the announcement they were talking about uh last time we um talked about the announcement the geek and sundry and stuff like that right so here's a whole a uh, bunch of stuff together, some announcements from Mattel um, and, and some other stuff. But I, what I thought was pretty cool is that uh, <laughs> uh, a con man game is coming to San Diego. Awesome. The game based on the series by Alan Tiddick and Nathan Fillion will be launching during SDCC. And so uh, I guess, I guess I should follow this. Con man has a con, at con man series uh, has a Twitter account. It says, Oh yes, a con man game is coming, launching at SDCC. Uh, you'll get to manage your own con. Very nice. So that sounds amazing. I'm excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's uh, definitely a series. I need to watch. Exactly. Uh, anything else in here worth noting? Uh, Funko. Oh yeah. There was a Funko thing. Where was it? Uh, we made a sizable donation to toys for tots in nice. December and they're planning something with, uh, USO and at SDCC, which oh, is cool. which is cool. I think I put an extra C there. SDCC, maybe not. Uh, so there's that. So I mean, this is a cool post. It's basically a bunch of tweets about things happening uh, coming up. So that's exciting. Her universe, who you may have heard of before. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, Female clothing line. Yeah, uh, don't, geek clothing don't, line. Don't say anything yet. Uh, Come on. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Ashley Eckstein. Thank you. <laughs> Damn it. So Ashley Eckstein's popular geek themed clothing line, Her Universe, and Hot Topic are returning to San Diego Comic Con to bring a little extra style to the event. The two companies are once again teaming up to a third annual Geek uh, Coacher, uh, her her universe fashion show. So that's happening, which is pretty exciting. Um, I think I don't think there's anything different this year. Twenty five finalists compete in a live event. Um, blah blah. This is one of those things that. Um, Oh, submissions are being accepted through April 24th and the top 10, top 25 contestants will be selected and the announced and announced by April 28th. So that is like happening this month. So that's a big thing. Yeah. So if you're into uh, fashion shows at all in, in the geek culture, yeah, uh, definitely get on board with this. Uh, so the annual event pairs fashion and fandom offering uh, budding designs, a chance to show up both show off both their designing skills as well as their pop culture loves. Last year's event featured designs inspired from everything from Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, Game of Thrones, Sailor Moon, Doctor Who, and more. So that's cool, man. That's exciting. Yeah, Ashley Eckstein's a, a great uh, uh, proponent of embracing mm. your fandom in, in, the, in the culture. And all that, she's a phenomenal voiceover actress. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Excuse me. April 5th. Okay, so we just talked about our hotels. <laughs> we, also, we also have talked about recently that April 5th is going to be the uh, actual hotel sale for downtown. Well, you know, now that we don't have to get involved in this lottery, I'm uh, (laughs) just going to use that April 5th to listen to my Steve Berry book. And okay, so here's the weird thing. There's a couple weird things with this is why I put these uh, in the show notes, because April 5th is going to be the general sale and they move to a random waiting room series uh, uh, system. So what's really going to happen is similar to Open Reg. Right. 
they'll be you'll be randomly stored into into um waiting rooms yeah so once you get in the room then you got to enter all the information right the problem is is very similar to last year hotel apocalypse as people were dubbing it you have to be fast right fast because the, once you get in the faster you put it in you get in that list of right. timestamp deals so although it's not like everybody in there in the fastest wins it's going to be very much like when we try to get open reg tickets right. and we don't get in for half an hour and all that's left is Thursday yeah. or Sunday. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you might be fast. You can be fast as you want, but if the sale has gone on for more than 20 minutes, there's probably nothing going to be left. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if they'll ever get this right. Honestly, I don't think if it's possible. I mean, <laughs> I really know. don't actually. I mean, is, is there a way to do it right? I don't know, man. I, I'm just glad I'm not participating. Not no. this year. Yeah. When I get a whole bunch of money and I feel real confident and I have like eight backup plans, then maybe I'll do it. Yeah. Um, so April 5th, uh, it moves a random waiting room system, like I said. And uh, then there's a guide. I'll put a post in the show notes if you're still – if you're one of those people that are trying to do it. Uh, they, that STCC um, Comic-Con blog does a really good guide to help you. Last thing here I thought was really interesting, and this is sort of a con thing. I just stumbled upon this. Apparently, this happens in Chicago. Have you heard about this? What? It's called Podcast Movement. Oh, no. For podcasters by podcasters. It's happening July 6th through 8th in Chicago. Well, I know they had an event like that at uh, Anaheim Convention Center last year. Okay, yeah. So it um, might be the same one. just might be going around the country. Maybe. Yeah, because it's very expensive. It looks like they've been doing it for a few years. It looks like the ultimate networking opportunity. Oh, yeah. And bunch of the big name podcasters will be there and the post i put in here is of course announcing kevin smith right. is going to be there um and of course they give the early bird discounts which is still 400 bucks so you know chicago's not super expensive to fly to from here and one day maybe if it stays in chicago or if it's in chicago i wouldn't mind doing it but i would right. never we never be able to pull off this year right um but i think this is really a cool event and there's a lot of information about it um, and it's a wonderful networking thing. And also just like the writing panels we were talking right. about, if developing if, your craft, yeah, I mean, you can always improve. Yeah. So I think that'd be really cool. So I put that in here just kind of as a side note, but I think that's pretty neat. All right, man. TV, TV. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, first and first, foremost, um, big Kevin Smith fans. It looks like, and I, and he, I think he said on Babylon, he did, but he, he said on other podcasts too. Uh, Jay Muse will appear on The Flash. Yeah, you know, I'm excited. Well, he, he he confirmed this. He's actually on it twice. Right. He has a speaking role as an adult of all things. What? But <laughs> but then he's also in the background of a scene with a mask on. Oh, that's so funny, man! And that's actually what Muse was most excited about, which is very Muse. Uh, um, but I've, we've met Muse at least twice, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we met him in line for yeah. Babylon. Yeah, and I think we met him at. at we met him again somewhere else somewhere too. Else, yeah. but anyway, I, I love Muse. He's so funny. Yeah, Muse is great. And then the uh, the other thing that he confirmed is uh, even that twit pic that he sent out, notwithstanding. Yeah, Jay and Silent Bob are not going to be standing outside. No, the no, that would be. I think that might take it a little far. A little bit. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to see Muse got a role. He loves those shows. He, he loves, loves TV. Shows. Yeah. Um, and I'm really happy for him. That's great. Yeah, I loved it that when when Smith was talking about it on uh, on Babylon. He said uh, how uh, you know this is like the pinnacle of my career. And he was like, "Dude, I <laughs> put like, you. In, I wrote Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back for you." It's like you've been the star of movies, <laughs> but whatever. 
you you fought Mark Hamill. Oh my god, dude, that's so great. So in our, in honor of Archer Day, it's Archer Day. Uh, there's a couple clip, a uh, couple clips, a couple of uh, links I have in here. There's, I think, there are bonuses to the season, the last season's Blu-rays that just came out. Yeah, because they always throw some bonus stuff in there, like you had Archersaurus, which is right. Yeah, and this one is uh, Archer's Guide to Good Parenting. First of all, tattoo your baby, which is just hilarious. Okay, and do you mind if we watch this? Is oh it no, video? it's it's not a video. Oh, it's okay. a, um, it's actually hold on, it's funny. Oh, it's like an infographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says so playtime. You know, rattle. Yes. Uh, and it's his, and no. it's his baby. Yeah, you know my favorite is it's, it's uh, Seamus. Yeah, Seamus. My favorite is this. Well, one. it's yeah, it's it's not <laughs> feeding his baby. baby. It's uh, Figus's baby, Cyril's baby. Right. So feeding baby. Yes for bottles. No for booze. And it shows his mom <laughs> trying to give him <laughs> right the ice. Uh... <laughs> it's great. You only you only uh, you don't give him any alcohol. You only give him that if it's the croup or right. the Jimmy legs or the. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is great. And then there's another clip that has to do, uh, not a clip. There's another thing in here. Uh, who surprised Cheryl's babysitting plan involves Ra's al Ghul? Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what this entails. It basically says, uh, there's a scene from the Blu-ray in which, uh, Cheryl pitches herself as a babysitter for Archer and Lana's new baby by invoking, among other insanities, the name of Ra's al Ghul. So I think that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm I'm really excited to see. I'm actually thinking about picking up the Blu-rays at some point. Well, um, you know the special features have got to be hilarious, and and that's the thing about I don't normally buy Blu-rays and such, you know, right? Um, not with everything, right. especially uh, seasons of shows, because I don't have time for those extra features. Right, exactly. But but with stuff like Archer, I love every voice actor in there so much, and I love um the writing so much and the sense of humor. It's it, it'd be worth picking up. Oh, absolutely. Plus, you, you kind of even though it's animated, you know they gotta have a blooper reel in there somewhere. <laughs> we never talked about the swimsuit issue, did we? No, you know, actually, I had it in my in my uh, pocket. Yeah, uh, literally up until like last week. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm like okay, that's too old, but that's awesome. It is kind of old, but uh, but yeah, I guess in Sports Illustrated they featured uh, Lana and um, Cheryl and Pam. And Cheryl and Pam. That's pretty cool. All right, man. So. Lie to me. That's, that's 350 gallons of. <laughs> oh my god. Lie. Damn sexy slow. I'll try again. Sorry. Lie to me actor Brendan Hines joins the tick. Yeah, Lie to me is actually an interesting show. I, I watched a, a bit of it the first season mm-hmm. because it's got Tim Roth in it. And oh, Tim Roth okay. is just a phenomenal actor. Yeah. I mean, if you don't believe me, just check out his, uh, you know, portrayal of Mr. Orange in, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Well, Hines is going to play Superion. A superhero with issues. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about, I'm, I'm getting more and more excited about this. I have another tick story in here, actually. Uh, it says the tick reboot will be darker and more grounded. Oh, cool. As well. So, you know me, I like darker stuff anyway. So I, I, yeah, do. I'm, I'm very, mm, is that a black joke? I'm really interested in seeing, no, um, okay. <laughs> but there we go. I really, I am interested to see how they, how they do the tick. Yeah. Um, I did like the first one. Yeah, well, I mean, the one with Patrick Warburton literally had oh, him in a big blue outfit. Yeah, so well. how, how grounded can you be with that? <laughs> exactly. And this I threw in here for, for fun to show our age as well, because we were talking about Will Smith earlier. I know, right? <laughs> so Melissa Joan Hart, who, whose name you probably haven't heard in at least 15 years, says Sabrina the Teenage Witch reboot is being discussed. Well, you know, she's actually been on a show for like the last five years. With, of all people, um, what show is it? It's called Melissa and Joey. Oh my God. With, uh, Joey. Whoa. Oh, oh from Friends? No. 
uh oh from blossom blossom joey got it yeah and it's actually where she's like it's kind of like who's the boss i think okay and uh and actually you know it's pretty funny because actually the uh, joey lawrence um joey lawrence and his brothers actually because they actually had a, it's on abc family and they had a a, mm-hmm. a show for a while on abc family called brotherhood or something like that okay and it was joey lawrence with his matthew lawrence and i forget the third brother's name so she's she did stress that nothing has actually happened yet and it's simply a meeting but she says well you know they're throwing around clarissa which m- in my opinion was one of my favorite shows as a kid i loved Cla- it was fun clarissa I explains loved, it I all i loved the was, ants the yeah, ants were hilarious so good uh clarissa and sabrina ideas but it depends on who's going to give up the rights who's going to do it how it's going to be done lots of other politics so they're nowhere near to do anything but i don't know i think it sounds cool well you gotta remember it's i believe they came from the same comic label as as uh, archie and jughead oh really and i think it was a spinoff of yeah i think you're close i mean i don't know I mean, exactly, back in the but... comics it was, it was it was a spinoff of archie or a spinoff of someone something like that right so with the reboot of, of riverdale it's makes sense yeah um so real quick speaking of comics man you're the casper. segway master today casper richie rich hmm I think Casper, Richie, Rich, and Sabrina were all mixed together somehow, yeah. too. It sounds vaguely familiar. God, it's going back to the... But I was giving you a comment, so we're moving so, on. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the first DC, re- uh, D- D- <clears throat> first DC Rebirth comics... I'm sound like Chuck now. Um, uh, now available for pre-order on Comixology. Yeah, you know, we talked about the Rebirth a few weeks ago. We did. And, uh, you know, the first major thing we were talking about is that Harley Quinn has a new look, which is very similar to Suicide Squad. But, you know, I've been trying to get more... I mean, like, I've been reading Green Arrow. I've been reading Dark Dark Archer and stuff. I might actually pick, like, five comics from this that I want to... And just start at the Rebirth. I'm with you, dude. Because they're they're really starting at one again, and so it's really just starting stories over. So we have comics. uh, The comics include DC Universe Rebirth number one, Titans Rebirth number one, and nine other titles. Yeah, so I mean, like, I might check out Batman, Superman, maybe Wonder Woman, uh, you know, Arrow. Yeah. Stuff like that. Be cool. I don't know if I'll go all in deep and, and get into, you know, like was it Sinestro or oh, yeah, you know, anything good. like that. Let's so. not get crazy. All right, man. So movies. Time for movies. We're almost out of here. Yes. Um, we might. This might be a new record recently. Oh, yeah. We'll see how long this takes. Uh, Tyrese <laughs> Gibson says he has a shot at Green Lantern. No. You don't like Tyrese? Uh, he has his moments. Yeah, he does. Uh, I don't like him as a lead. Right. Um, I enjoy him in bits and pieces in the fast and furious series um but no i mean they're 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 relaunching as a green lantern core and i no i i just want (laughs) him to go a little no this is actually really funny because apparently a fan put him up as as green lantern and he was like oh that looks cool and he put it on his instagram and so this is on Larry. This is on Larry King, wasn't it? And Larry goes, uh, <laughs> he said a fan proposed it. And he's like, yeah, a fan. And I was like, whoa, that looks cool. I posted on my Instagram and it went crazy. Um, over 1,500 sites. And then Larry says, so have you heard from Zack Snyder? Tyree's like, no. <laughs> Larry's all, maybe he's watching. And he's like, I did meet with Warner Brothers, though. And he said, and? And um, shoot me a prayer, Larry. <laughs> so i don't think it's gonna happen but he no, i mean that is one thing tyree says a definite yeah he uh, claims he loves green lantern which is great uh but i you know it, it's who knows what's gonna happen with that yeah i i'm not sure uh you know i don't know if i ever told you but uh his dad used to be a regular shopper in my music store in la really yeah it was funny because right when he first started doing music right because a lot of people forget he was a singer yeah he was 
Before that, he was a model. Mm-hmm. And so he was trans- transitioning from model to music. He'd be his, all right as a model, I guess. Uh, I guess. And <laughs> it was before he, you know, did Baby Boy and all that stuff, before he got into movies. So it was yeah. in his transition. And so when his first album came out, his, you know, his dad, who had been a, a regular, comes, said, my, my son's CD is finally coming uh, out. That's adorable. And everything. And he was like, he had pictures of him and everything when he was a kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was, it was pretty, pretty darn cute. That's funny. Uh, Deadpool is now the highest grossing radar movie ever. Did it finally overtake Passion of the Christ? No, that wasn't the... I thought that was number one. Nope. Number one was... I know it was number one for a while. No, number one was... Where is it? Uh, American Sniper. Oh, that's right. American Sniper last year took over yep. Passion of the Christ. So there it is. Deadpool wins. I still have not seen American Sniper. I haven't either. So, But no, Deadpool is... Uh, yeah, awesome. So that's cool. Uh, X-Men's Brian Singer teases a return to Weapon X and possible future movie villain. So he's just Yeah, you know, of, I heard... Go ahead. No, I, I heard about this that that Singer's definitely looking at uh, at future ones. He's he's obviously he doesn't he said in an interview I can't remember who I heard this from, um, but that he's not ready to go in you know right now right, right. after making Apocalypse because um, I think he's actually doing Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, is it? I think is his next one or huh. something like that. Um, um, so yeah, so he's locked in for something next, but he's definitely on board to do the next X Men. Yeah, he says um, an X Men Apocalypse, a Weapon X program um, will be returning. Um, as for Wolverine himself, uh, central character, he didn't fit in this particular story, so he's not a central character, but he says Wolverine isn't in the movie at all. Um, but he doesn't say that he's not in the movie yeah, at all. Yeah, he says he's not a central character. It would right. be really interesting, because we're coming up on the time frame where this, the Weapon X program would really be getting going. Right. So it would be really interesting to kind of see that. Right. The other thing here is he hinted at something. Yeah, he is doing 20,000 Leagues. You're right. There was something else here that I wanted to talk about. But even though Singer has a mutant villain in mind for a fe- uh, feature, future feature, I'd love to see Proteus. Proteus? Oh, Proteus. Proteus, somehow, Singer says. Yeah, it's, that's Moira McTaggart's uh, son. Okay. There's a lot of visual you could do with a character like that. So hinting, but nothing definitive. But yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah, Pro- I, I would like to see Weapon X. Yeah, Proteus is a really interesting character, and I love anything to do with Mario McTaggart. Yeah. So. And then we'd be close to Deadpool if we're in Weapon X territory. Yeah, it, um, I, th- I think Weapon X would be the way to go, because you can actually spin off your own mm-hmm. franchise with that. Mm-hmm. Because very much I like how they're trying to spin off New Mutants off of X-Men. Absolutely. You know, they're just, because X-Men is a franchise in and of itself, but it spawned Excalibur, New Mutants, and, you know, the Weapon X concept has spawned De- Deadpool and right. X-23, which is the one going right now. Right. And so stuff like that. Gambit news. Is it back? New. No. <laughs> uh, Gambit production de- delayed. Director uh, Doug Liam began working on another Lyman. film. Lyman. Lyman. He's working on another film now. Uh, yeah, Lyman is the guy who did Swingers mm-hmm. and the Firstborn movie and uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Lyman will next helm the wall for Amazon Studios. Well, this is a plus because they Gambit's had... Gambit's being rewritten. Yeah, well, they had saying. taken... They had yanked it from the schedule. Yeah. Um, so at least it's still in theoretically in pre-production. Right. Um, it's not in turnaround or anything, so that's a plus. Right. I'm I'm hoping to see it. I really I like the actor they chose, and also I really I just really like Gambit. We've talked. Yeah, about Yeah, well, this before. I think he's such a. Um, well, see, when I fell in love with Gambit, it was in the X Men animated series. Yeah, in in the sh- in the Saturday he's morning very cartoon. 90s and, yeah, yeah, I mean, he was throwing playing yeah, cards, and he had the, the bow staff, yeah. and he looked sick. He had a trench coat. It was tight. You know? Yeah, the uh, but he's such a um, um, like Deadpool. He's such a. Like a niche, like a niche character, yeah, but it, or like there's a, a word for um, it. it's, um, underground, kind of. Um, I know what you're saying. Um, cult, 
Yes, he's such a cult character right. um, that I think actually I think Deadpool scared them because oh, okay. by seeing a movie that can be phenomenally successful around a cult character right. when it's written right, they, they went probably back just realized that the writing wasn't up to <laughs> snuff and they wanted to do because they're being done by they're both being done by Fox. Right. So I think Fox just said, "Hey, okay, let's redo let's this. Get this right." <laughs> Which I'm glad. I hope. I mean, when especially it comes- since I mean, Channing Tatum and Ryan Reynolds were. I mean, before Deadpool, yeah. they were about on par for Star uh, Meter. I agree, and I and I'm hoping that when they come. When they do come back with Gambit, it's everything we want. I oh, absolutely. So it'll be nice. I mean, I love Doug Lyman. Yeah. I think Edge of Tomorrow was one of the most underrated movies of a couple of years oh, ago. I didn't see that. Uh, it's phenomenal. It's yeah. really well done. It's a good Tom Cruise movie. Emily Blunt is great. That's right. It was Cruise, huh? <laughs> but um, uh, Channing Tatum, hopefully this gives him room to uh, to go make uh, uh, 23 Jump Street. Oh, right. I love the Jump Street movies. I know. Those are fun. All right, man. So Bat- I have a bunch of Batman v Superman stuff, and I haven't seen the movie yet, and you have. Um, yes, I saw it on Tuesday. I'm going to say a couple of things, and then I may leave some of this stuff for our real reviews yeah, that we're trying I, to do for next yeah. week. Um, the main thing is Batman v Superman opens with $82 million Friday. Yeah, it had a it had a big weekend. It I really mean, not, not record-breaking. but No, but big. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it finished with what, like 168 or 186 yeah, or something, something like the weekend. that. It did really well in China, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. It was going to. Um, which is good. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. I think I'm going to save most of this stuff. But the other thing, just a couple things I want to mention. Zack Snyder came out and said Brian Cranston was actually considered for Lex Luthor. The way they wrote Lex, yeah, it would not have worked. Okay. I will say that now. But if they had written Lex differently, Cranston would have knocked it out of it the park. It would have been good. Okay. But, okay, I'm just going to say two things. About okay. the movie before we get to real reviews after you've seen it. Yeah. Um, I'm very glad I read the negative reviews before I went and saw it. Okay. Because my, my expectations were lower. And knowing the script is a mess, you can go in looking for that. Right. And so it's easier to follow along with what they were trying to do. Right. Second, Jesse Eisenberg back the crap out of me for most of the movie. <laughs> but they tie it together at the end a little bit. And it works. It does. Sort but of. I still think Eisenberg would have been better as a Riddler. I think it was still a okay. miscast. I, th- I, th- I think it was a miscast. Okay. But I think the character itself was written oddly on purpose. Yeah. But they, they're they setting up something. They're setting up okay. a deeper run. All right. Well, I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm going to try to go this weekend. Uh, so there's also a thing out there that confirms Ben Affleck has written a Batman script. Yeah, we know that he's been wanting to. Right. Um, so, you know, honestly, it doesn't hurt for him to write one on, on specs. So. Yeah, and it basically says that, uh, I'm trying to remember who he was talking to, said that it was actually, wrote a good script. It says, um, he's contracted to do Justice League 1 and 2, so at least three, time, three times wearing the cape. Um, there's a script that he's written that's really cool. Batman um, idea, so, there's an, so out there, there's another option. So, yeah. that's pretty cool. I mean... I mean, we do say Academy Award winner Ben Affleck, and you know, a lot of time you think, okay, because he won it for producing uh, uh, Argo. I think he directed it. Uh, I think he directed Argo. Yeah, but I don't think he won Best Director for it. It oh. won Best Picture. So, oh, okay, Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think he won it as a producer. Um, but and he's done some other good stuff. But dude, he won his first Oscar back in '97 for writing Good Will Hunting with Matt right, Damon. Right. So he's already an Oscar-winning screenwriter. Yeah. Which is still honestly one of my favorite. Except speeches at all time when he and Matt Damon comes oh, up on yeah. stage and Matt Damon looks at the camera and says, Mom, we, we got better tickets than Jack Nicholson. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so Suicide Squad reportedly gets reshoots to add more humor. And to me... 
I, I thought it already had humor, but we both have dark senses of humor. I do. I really do. Um, but because I, honestly, the the Harlequin jokes, like "Hello, we're bad guys." Yeah, I, I think. Mean, I think funny. I own personally. Uh, it says reshoots have already started, and they're going to add significant cost to the budget. And the movie goes over well with audiences. However, be well worth the investment. Um, if the report is true, Warner Brothers seems to be taking a much more active approach going forward that could um, affect Zack Snyder's upcoming Justice League film. Uh, I, again, I think this might be Deadpool influenced. Yeah, and also maybe critic response to Batman v Superman as well. Yeah, because that was dark. Yeah, um, you know, and the more I watched the the Suicide Squad trailers, because I was really, really not sold on Leto right. as as the Joker. Oh, it says here every joke in the movie is in the trailer. Um, <laughs> but there's certain things I'm seeing, and. Yeah, you could totally tell Leto's really getting into the character. Yeah, but he's—I almost want to write a write like a blog about it or something, or have a little discussion about it. You can totally see him channeling classic movie characters. Yeah, like um, uh, the the scene where he's just laying with all the knives around him and everything. Right. Yeah. I totally got the vibe of of uh, the the Bateman character in American Psycho. Oh, okay. Played by Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, and then the part where he's. Of course, got the machine gun. And he's like laughing maniacally and shooting, shooting his weapon. It is totally um, uh, Jimmy Cagney, James Cagney. Um, he was totally channeling his performance of White Heat in 1949. Oh wow! Okay, um, you know, it's the one where he's saying "Top of the world, ma," and and everything. And it's just, it's a great movie. And if you've never seen White Heat with James Cagney, uh, it's a total film noir, noir, but it's a, uh, um, it's basically a psychopathic criminal with a mother complex. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's about right. Exactly. And, but you, it's really cool. Like, unless you're a film buff, you don't get these subtle things. Right. But, and I've, and I will be perfectly honest. I'm not actually a huge Jared Leto fan. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of 30 seconds to Mars. I'm not a big I'm fan of that. him from my so-called life. I, all this stuff. Wait, who was he in my so-called life? He was the main. Oh yeah. That was the one with Claire Danes, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was the main person that she was in love with. Huh. Um, well, I haven't seen he it. was I mean, in Dallas Buyers Club. You know, he okay. does good work, um, but he's just one of those people I've just never gravitated to. Right. But you could tell that he does good film, historical filmology research. Right. And this is just that. You could tell he's bringing in a plethora of influences, and that's yeah. what I'm excited about. I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm more excited about Suicide Squad than Batman v Superman. So am I. And, um, I, I'm interested to see, I, I, and if and if that article is true and all the jokes are in the trailer, fine. But I also like dark movies too. Yeah. So and I'm interested to see how that's going to pan out, no matter what. But if they're going back to reshoot, fine. Yeah, Sounds and, good to me. And regardless, they're good jokes. Yeah, so they were good jokes. Let's get to see them in a bigger movie. Okay, so let's get to Disney stuff here. Awesome. I could always talk Disney. Um, Finding Dory. The full cast is announced. Um, which is actually kind of late because it's coming out this summer. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you kind of figured you're already going to get Ellen DeGeneres. You're going to get Albert Brooks. In addition to Ellen, uh, Robert, uh, Albert Brooks reprises his role as Marlon. Hayden Rollins voicing Nemo. Um, also back for this round, of course, Bob Peterson, uh, who's the voice of Mr. Ray, right. the teacher. And um, let's see, Andrew Statton and Bennett Damaman. Damon, is that how you say it? Damon voiced the fan favorite's crush and squirt. Yeah, well, Andrew Stanton is also uh, one of the central Pixar directors. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. Um, he just happened to do the voice of Crush, too. Totally. That's funny. Um, so new additions to the cast include Ed O'Neill as Hank. Oh, awesome. An octopus who happens to also be a talented escape artist, which sounds amazing. That Well, you know, have you ever seen... 
seriously, if you haven't seen it yet, go to YouTube and search octopus in a jar. <laughs> and because you see an octopus enclosed right. in a jar and they open the jar from the inside. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's nuts. Uh, Caitlin Olson voices Destiny, a whale shark that is a bit clumsy who befriends Dory on her travels. Uh, <laughs> okay, I can just imagine. Yeah, that, that. sounds hilarious. Ty Burrell uh, gives lies to Bailey, a beluga whale that is having issues with his son. Oh, issues with his sonar and maybe a bit of a hypochondriac. Okay, that's pretty funny. Because Ty Burrell's great. He's from Modern Family. Oh, okay. See, I never, I never watched that show. Actually, I should, but. Uh, my parents do. Anyway, so Diane Keaton and Eugene Levy play Dory's parents, while Idris Alba and Dominic West take on the voice of Fluke and Rudder, a pair of lazy sea lions who Marlon and Nemo run into along the way. Okay, those are great. Ca- All four of those are great cast. I mean, get the, some get some good actors who would be good. Yeah, That's the, the one <laughs> I'm disappointed in not getting back is um, Bill Nye. Oh, yeah. Um, who did the voice of Bruce. Yeah. I, I love Bill Nye. You know what's great is actually he was, you know, this is just a total tangent. Um, yeah, we do that. Um, but he had the largest box office of any actor for the year 2003. Bill Nye the science guy? No, not Bill Nye, Bill Nye the actor. Oh, I thought you were talking about Bill Nye the science no, guy. No, Bill Nye the actor. It's N-I-G-H-Y. Oh, I don't know who that is. Uh, N-I-G-H-E-Y. Yeah. He's British. But in 2003, he was Bruce in Finding Dory. Mm-hmm. He played, uh, um, uh, I think, Malcolm. Wait, Finding Nemo, you mean? What did I say? You said Dory. Yeah, Finding Nemo. Uh, I think his name is, uh, character was Malcolm in uh, Underworld. He was like the bad vampire oh, that got woken up. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he was in um, Love Actually as the guitar player, yeah, the musician. Saw. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those three movies were huge. Huh. Well, there we go. Uh, last piece of Disney news I have, Snow White's sister... Is getting a live action film from Disney. Have you heard about this? Snow White had a sister? Apparently. So Disney's live action fairy revolution continues with a new take on Snow White directly, but on her sister, Rose Red. The film places Rose Red into the original Snow White and Seven Door story, adding her into the third act of the tale. I don't know. The script is by uh, Justin Mer- Mers? Mers? And uh, Evan Doherty? Doherty? I'm killing it, butchering names. Anyway. Oh, so they're taking it from the original Grimm. Yeah, it's based on the character of Rose Red from Grimm's fairy tales in the story. Uh, after Snow White takes a bit of the poison apple, Rose teams up with Grumpy and the dwarves to find a way back uh, to break the curse. So, sounds better, um, better than just redoing Snow White. You know, honestly, you know what it sounds like? They're embracing the um, the sisters breaking the curse from Frozen and oh, bringing that into another okay. story. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's not the whole true love's first kiss sort of thing. Right. Ready? Gaming? Ready. Gaming. This, I thought, I and I haven't been keeping up outside, especially in PlayStation Realm, because I don't have a next-gen console yet. Um, but Final Fantasy XV finally got a release date. And I'm a big, one of the earliest games I ever had was Final Fantasy, the original. Oh, yeah. I loved the original. And I still have it. It's in my attic. It's one of the reasons why I like Galaxy of Heroes so much. Yeah. And I love turn-based fighting, but this, uh, it kills me because in like, was it Final Fantasy X-2, um, and I think 13, they kind of went away from the turn-based and they did more action-based. Right. And from the trailer that I saw for 15, it's kind of that as well. But the trailer's beautiful. Um, really, really cool. And they're gonna have a movie tie-in as well. And Very much like, uh, Advent Children? Yes. And so that's exactly what's gonna happen. So, um, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it because I do like, um, the CG movie is going to be called Kingslave, uh, Kingsglave, sorry. 
um, which will act. Did they make that any awkwardly it's worded? It's really hard to say. Um, which will act as a companion like piece to Final Fantasy 15, uh, starring Lena he- uh, Hetty, Aaron Paul, and Sean Bean. Uh, Kingsglaive will That's interesting casting. Will explore Noctis's home kingdom of uh, Lu- Lucis uh, during the events of the game. So the gameplay looked okay, um, and I'm guessing it's a little early on, but the Kingsglaive uh, trailer is badass. Cool. It's really cool. And I, I just love seeing anything that's Final Fantasy happening. Oh, of course. So, um, this I threw in there. I don't know if we want to even talk about this. This is kind of funny. Uh, WizKids announced Marvel Dice Masters Civil War. And now this is a tabletop deal. Um, Civil War to tabletop with the release of Marvel Dice Masters Civil War. So it's based on the Civil War comic. Uh, so we have over 30 heroes uh, in the game, including Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Captain America, both Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers, and Rocket Raccoon. Um, if there's a Goliath card, though, um, maybe they don't want to put one in your deck. Just a thought. Gameplay itself doesn't seem to be receiving any major changes. So this is based off of something that already exists. Um, right. but, you know, but they're just kind of slapping a Marvel label on it. Which I you know, I would cool. be interested to check out tabletop games and see if Will Wheaton has anything to say about it. I think that'd be the call. Yep. Um, so I thought this was cool and I didn't get my money to it yet and I still want to. I right. hope it's not too late. But Jane Silent Bob video game, which we talked about a few weeks ago, did get fully funded. Fully funded. So that awesome. is going to happen. I am definitely going to be playing that game. Same here. I'm excited about Even that. Even though it is all about weed customers, but you know, yeah, whatever. It's hard to say. Supporting Kevin Smith, not the weed franchise. Um, a little call me, a little call me. A little call me, a little call me. All right, last couple of things here, man. We have some merch. Uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition to be released on July 16th. This is crazy. Have you well, seen this? Uh, no, but it's crazy. Well, this is for home release, right? Yeah. Look at this Blu-ray. Yeah, Look at so this. It's, it's crazy fast, for yeah. one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is where we're going to be going, because um, with smaller independent titles, we're already seeing uh, theater and digital same-day releases. Um, so with major titles, you're going to have to go no more than three months after for... Yeah. And I mean, unless you have a major release like Star Wars. So with a movie like this... And even Star Wars was only four months. It could almost still be in the theater in some places, couldn't it, when this comes out? Yeah, well, I mean, Star Wars is just hitting uh, the I guess that's true, and it's still in the theaters. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Um, so it says, uh, if Blu-ray isn't enough, there's, uh, there are not one, but two different collector's editions of the film. Each comes with its very own statue. One comes with Ben Affleck's Batman, the other with Henry Cavill's Superman. Film will be included in both editions. Well, duh. In both 2D and 3D. And they're selling for about 130 euro on Amazon. So... You know, this is kind of reminding me, you know, again, going back to when I worked in in a music and movie store is, um, you know, there actually used to be real guidelines on release dates and stuff. Right. Because like you would never see a video for a DVD for or video for release until like six to nine months after release, because what happens is the first thing that we get released to was pay-per-view. Right. Then you would usually have like a 90 day window and then it would go to rental. And then you would would finally come home. And then you would like have a 90 day because you used to, I mean, like if you wanted to buy it for sale on rental day, yeah, you could for like one hundred fifty bucks, some dollars, because that's what it cost them. But the problem with that, what's crazy to me is, I mean, I remember those days. Right. I mean, I we used to go to the video store all the time, and they'd have all the new releases, and it'd be hard to get some of them, and blah blah. But what always killed me, man, is that now that those are gone, that whole section of the process is gone. So really, all we have now is movie theater, basically to digital and Blu-ray. That's it. Yeah. There's no middleman anymore, really. No, exactly. So it's taking out the pay-per-view window, and it's taking out the um, the the rental window. Right. 
and the digital any rentals are going to go through you know Redbox. Amazon or Redbox or, or whatever right. it is, whatever service you have. Right. right. If you're still doing it physically, it's going to be Redbox or right. or, or uh, Netflix uh, DVD. Yeah. Or um, or which I think they just call DVD.com now. Right. Um, or it's just going to go through Amazon uh, Prime or or uh, Hulu or something right. like that. Exactly. So it is really fascinating to see over the course of 15 years how the the, <laughs> the financial aspect of it has changed. This is like the retro show, man, because we've talked about. I mean, our first uh, cassette tapes we bought. I know, right? You know, we start with like, uh, you know, Will Smith and talking about, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and, and stuff like that. And we go, we've we've run the whole gamut of things. And I think what's really interesting is that we're still talking about these things. And like, here we are. I mean, the amount of times I went into a Blockbuster video or a, or a Hollywood video and Hollywood video was always my favorite because they had a huge gaming section. Yes. And like now we have... We've bypassed all of that. Well, we have you, Gamefly. We have Netflix. Yep. We have all these things that have negated that fully. And then digital streaming and even Dish. I mean, all of these things are available much faster, yep. um, much more conveniently. And with, I mean, just the hassle of uh, like half time. When I first met Kate, it was the same thing. And this is nine and 15 years ago. We're sitting there. It's like, oh, well, we should rent a movie. Yep. Oh, do we want to go down to the movie store? What if they don't have it? Should we call first? Could you imagine? Well, you know, I, I seriously remember the days when you would have a Christmas movie released in November, December. Yep. And they seriously would not release it for video until November, <laughs> December the next year because they didn't want to. What was the point of releasing it in May? Right. Yeah. I'm with you. It's yeah, just, so it's it's just it's, a trip. It's, yeah. It's totally, totally funny. Anyway. Uh, last thing here. Jessica Jones pops are coming. Funko pops are oh, coming. Oh, awesome. Which... Um, and we were talking about last week, um, about Disney trying to rectify their female action figures and stuff exactly. like that. Um, and, and this is just, I just think this is cool. I'm very excited to see what the Funko Pops look like. Yeah, well, I, I'm I mean, going to get a purple man and, and yeah, all I mean, that. Yeah. If they're, if they're trying to fix the, the whole female aspect of it, and if Jessica Jones is the only one they have and they don't have, uh, uh, Patsy Walker in there. Yeah. It's just stupid. No, they'll have them all, which I'm excited about. Blue Cage too. Oh, yeah, you got to have Luke Cage. <laughs> and on that note, are we done? I think we're done. So thanks for tuning in to The Usual Podcast. Um, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And find us on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Sotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at I am Will Griggs. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. So, of course, uh, you leave us positive ratings and like us, love us, and all the social medias. And I'm not messing up the outro like Chuck did. So, audibletrial.com slash usualpodcast. Support the show that way. And, of course, patreon.com slash usualpodcast. Buck or tune episode. Support us. Go to our support page on our website and love us, like us, and uh, buy stuff. Yes, and get yourself some free books. And no, I mean, cheap glasses, free books, and games, games. Glass. I mean, look, look, we're helping you. Seriously, we are. We are making your life easier. <laughs> and I'm gonna help myself by getting off mic and go and finish this beer. So, uh, <laughs> and go to watch Archer. And we're gonna go watch Archer. So, anything else, my friend? Uh, no, that's it. Cool, man. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Peace. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, you usually say something and then you said it and you ruined it. <laughs>